Hi, this is Savio. I've been seeking answers to some of life's most perplexing questions my entire life. In 2014, I was diagnosed with stage 3 cancer. And ever since, I realized my calling existed outside of what I knew to be familiar. This podcast is home for survivors like myself and those who yearn to build resilience in their mindset and live their best life. In Season 3, the show includes a mix of coaching sessions followed by interviews with those from all walks of life who have been successful in the wellness, business, media, and travel industries. The intent is to show the human experience in its rawest form so that others may glean insight. Nothing is rehearsed. As a board-certified wellness coach, number one best-selling author, and syndicated columnist, my job is to ask the deep questions of those trying to make sense of their place in this fractured world. I believe life speaks to us in different ways. Many of us listen, but don't know how or where to begin. As someone who has crossed the bridge between life and death, I say simply, begin where you are now and get busy living. If you liked today's episode, I would appreciate it if you could share it. Be sure to tag me at The Human Resolve so I can reciprocate in kind. So without further ado, welcome to The Human Resolve Podcast. So I am Kingdom, uh, I'm from the UK, I make electronic music um, and uh, well a whole variety of music actually but um, focusing on electronic music. Um, I've had um, over 300,000 streams um, using a DIY approach, um, I've worked with two charting artists, um, I've been supported on BBC Radio. Oh, wonderful. So. Uh, Kingdom, you and I uh, connected because you um, contributed to my interview series with Authority Magazine, um, Rising Through Resilience, How to Be Resilient During Turbulent Times. What I found really interesting in the article is this idea of falling down and picking yourself and getting back up. How has that played a big role in your life? I think it's been pivotal. Um, you know, I think um, everyone goes through stuff, right? Um, and, and life is essentially a, a series of tests. Um, some people don't get tested till much later in life. Um, uh, and sometimes, you know, those people, they kind of find it harder to, to get through times like that. Um, it, in a sense, it was difficult, but <clears throat> for me, um, I, I sort of had struggles from quite a young age. And so, you know, I was quite well versed in in getting through difficult times from from, from sort of a teenager, like a, a mid-teen. So, um, yeah, I think it's been pivotal for me as it, to grow my character. <clears throat> yeah, you know. So take us back. You, you grew up in Birmingham, United Kingdom. Um, yeah. What were some of the life lessons that you learned very quickly early on? Um, so, I mean, I guess I lived in Birmingham till I was ten. Um, not that many life lessons at that age, but I guess moving to Swindon, which is the town where I where I'm currently at, um, that's that was a, a bit of a challenge because I went from a very sort of uh, multicultural city to a very sort of white dominated town, and 
in my head it was like am i gonna fit in here what if i'm the outsider what if there's racism and stuff like this luckily it actually wasn't that bad at all um, and i think actually i did a good job of adapting to the new environment um but it probably wasn't until later um sort of age 16 that that things started getting a bit more difficult i, I guess um but actually that the things that have happened since i was 16 have kind of equipped me to deal with a lot of stuff um that will get thrown my way sort of you know that did get thrown my way in more recent times and you know what will come in the future so yeah i think it's um there, there are a lot of lessons um yeah probably too many to mention but yeah <laughs> is is that where uh you had the impetus or the um sort of general feeling of surrounding yourself with the kind of energy that makes you feel good I thought that was just a pivotal line that you had in the article. Could you expound on that? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess being in music, it's it's very cutthroat. Um, everyone's kind of out for themselves. Um, that That's the kind of mentality that, that certain uh, people have. And so um, what I did was essentially focus on my own path, be in my own lane, create my own thing, my own unique um, brand sound whatever um, and really grow in myself and I think part part of that growing in in sort of leaving bad bad energy behind uh, was actually being more comfortable with myself and so you know I think I've, I've read many books over the last sort of two and a half half years um, I, I'm sort of thirsty for knowledge all the time and um, what those books some of those books showed me was that actually that i think i lacked self-confidence um through through quite a lot of my life and that that played out in in various ways right like it, it could be as minor as something like uh, getting an email from someone and feeling like i have to reply right now straight away you know it's like um i kind of lived my life on everyone else's terms that that's what it kind of felt like and and now i kind of live life on my terms and i think that's really important I would really like to speak to the music aspect of, you know, what you're doing and how you mentioned you are technically minded that a good friend mm -hmm. mentioned to you that your secret weapon is that you have a special knowledge that other producers were lacking in it. I would love mm -hmm. to flesh that out more. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess, I guess um, a, a lot of sort of, uh, you might call them beat makers. That's just what I, I hate that. I hate that term, but you know, beat, a beat maker, when I hear that word, it just makes me think of, um, you know, like a 12 year old in, in, in their bedroom, kind of just messing around with like rudimentary software, not really thinking about the end product in, in its whole sense and, and full sense. And so, um, yeah, I kind of come from a place musically where, um, people try to really push the envelope. Um, and I think that coming from that place, so I was always into drum and bass and jungle. Um, I kind of grew up with that music and over time it's developed like crazy. Like it's, it's the, the standards are so high. Um, and so basically I've taken all my learning from there and, and I've kind of applied it in, in a new context. And, and essentially that's the kingdom thing that I'm doing. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you, if you look at a lot of great artists, they often take things from from a number of different places and fuse them together. And I think, um, you know, essentially that's that's what my path is is kind of looking like at the moment. 
Yeah. You know, we are a sum total of our experiences and who have raised us. And I love the fact that you addressed your dad. How has dad played an integral role in your life? Oh man. Uh, so he's like, he's like, a he's like an angel. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I've got a tattoo here kind of represents this angel kind of represents all the people that have looked out for me in life. And, um, you know, he's him and my mum both definitely included in that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he kind of really pushed me to go forward in terms of taking up hobbies, enthusiasts kind of things. And yeah, like, you know, in the early days when I was first getting started in music, it was like he would help me out with getting my equipment and stuff like this. Um, you know, he, he, he gave me the tools basically. And I, and I kind of went and ran with them basically. Um, and over time I've kind of obviously gone and done things myself. So, um, yeah, he, he was pivotal. I mean, he's, he's highly regarded in our sort of entire family, not just on my dad's side, but on my mum's side as well. Um, and to be honest, he's like, he's like a superhero. You know, you mentioned superheroes to me before he, he literally is a living superhero. Um, yeah, he's just, uh, he always gives sound advice, good counsel. Um, you know, I can't think of a time where he's ever let me down. And I know that's really uh, quite, that's something that's really special. Okay, wonderful. Um, going back to sort of the basis of today's conversation, how do you define resilience? Uh, resilience, I think, is is basically the ability to just get knocked. It's really simple, I think. It's the ability to get knocked down and and basically get up again, metaphorically. You know, um, whether that's physically or mentally. Um, you know, it's the ability to kind of say, you know, what this has happened, but it, what's just happened doesn't define me. I'm gonna get over it, get up, and and, and carry on. Yeah, what was also striking is, uh, you know, you mentioned about having the courage and vision and the ability to learn from mistakes. I think it's so mm. pivotal and often forgotten. How has that line in your life played an important role? Yeah, I think um, it's it's really important because, you know, I think sometimes people get caught in a, in a trap, right? Like they can be in a bad place or that something bad can happen to them um, and some people kind of fall them find themselves falling in that same place time and time again and i think they don't realize that that some of it is is the mindset up here and and the self and actually it's not what's happening around me it's you know it's what can i do to change this situation and so learning the lessons is is exactly what you can do so you know if you find yourself in a tough place then you need to look at yourself in the mirror and say well what part did I play in this to, to, for this to, to happen or to lead to this? Um, and yeah, you know, I, I see a lot of people around me and they, and, the, and the, these things happen to them. Um, and they, they, they just don't seem to learn, you know? Yeah. So in the article, I also mentioned this idea of resilience and courage. Do you mm. see resilience and courage as one and the same different? No, I think they're different. I think, um, you know, resilience is a kind of a character trait, I guess. Um, but but courage is different because courage is the thing that keeps you. It's courage is the thing that's inside of you that says, you know what, I've just had this. I'm going to get up and carry on and move on. And I'm going to go for whatever it is I'm going for. Right. Like um, courage is kind of future looking. That's the way I see it. And resilience is like the ability to be in the present and, and to 
to get up when when you're down um but i think i think courage is definitely future looking you know like if you think of a if you think of an army going into war like all of those guys need courage right um yeah courage is the thing that makes them look to the future to to, to think you know how am i gonna how am i gonna get through this battle you know so yeah yeah and I, I like how you disseminated it by saying courage is the trait that allows resilience to happen without it there is a lacking of, of resilience do you find that too i true? believe so yeah 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 i believe so yeah because i mean i i, I guess you know if, if you didn't have courage um how, how are you going to get back up you know i mean you could uh, I, and i mean get back up in a positive way because there's a difference right you know you can get something can happen to you that, that's life-changing or, or quite difficult even a little bit difficult um but yeah you you've got to kind of think um how am i going to take take my life forward in a positive way now from this point onwards right uh, because the past is done um but yeah, and, and again, like that's where the lessons learned comes in because um, if you've if you've if you time and time again fall, you need to think, oh, well, how do I stop this from happening again in future, right? Yeah, I asked in the piece about who you look to or look at with resilience, and you mentioned um, the famous actor Keanu Reeves. Um, yeah, how has his life been an um, inspiration for yours? So I, I'm not, I, I, I must admit, I've not looked into his story in a huge amount of detail, but I think I have read that through his life, like he's lost many close people. Um, and actually through most of his career, he suffered from depression. Um, and, you know, I think, I think when you look at him and you look at the, 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 the films that he's created, it's like, like you're, you're real strong, man. Like to be able to, go through these super high pressure situations while you've got depression when you've lost all the people that are closest to you um i might have to fact check this by the way because i don't know if it was fake news that i saw but um you know from what i read he had had depression lost all his closest people and it's like when i read this article it was like um <clears throat> what you know what is it that keeps him going i was like he he has a lot it of heart you know um and it must be tough um and in, especially in that industry as well like you know we talked about creatives and, and being creative and, and the industry is tough anyway um but yeah it's it's you know when you look at his films the matrix like like standout classic like you know um groundbreaking films and and to keep to keep the art at that level i i think whilst going through a lot of troubled times that that's something I think. Yeah, I recently saw a TikTok. Uh, he was on a talk show, and mm. the um, host asked him, Keanu Reeves, what happens to us when we die?" And he paused, and his answer was interesting because he said, "I know one thing: the people that love us will miss us." And oh, that's it's beautiful! Such a, it's such an interesting answer, as opposed to saying what we all can't verify, uh, but you know, kind of feel, maybe sense. Um, that was interesting well maybe maybe that's that was him kind of speaking from people that he's lost because he loves them and that's the first thing that comes to his mind when he thinks of it right having been through that so yeah yeah i would love to um unpack this idea of resilience with your own career endeavors uh you mm -hmm. know when you've been asked will you ever give up music when you 
heard that the first time, or you've heard that many times, what's what's happening within you when you think about that? You know, it's 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 really interesting um, because you know people have this notion of um, you know if you're making music, you need to make it or, or whatever, um, and, and yeah, there is making it. I, I get that, um, but I think I think ultimately i think that the people that kind of those naysayers they kind of don't don't really understand how deep the desire and passion is within you to create um you know and and, and i think unless unless you are massively passionate about something yourself you, you just won't get it um and i know it's usually <clears throat> these kind of comments are, pe are from people that have just gone down the standard sort of typical life route right just um, either go and get an education or go and get a job and, and just go and work and then live for the weekend and then plan for your retirement which is like 50 years away and it's like you know I guess I guess I do have a part of me that is like that yes but there's also a big part of me that's like I want something more right like and why shouldn't I go for it um, and yeah there's you know it's it's interesting because in your head you're kind of like these you kind of on one hand you're like these people are supposed to love me but they're not actually supporting what i'm doing like you know essentially what they're saying is i don't believe that you can do what you think you can do or what you're trying to do like and that that is the bit that i tussle with it's like you know if just any random person off the street said it it doesn't really bother me but if it's someone who you really love and you know loves you that's you know that can be quite cutting it, it can be quite cutting yeah you, know, you spoke so candidly as a teenager being mentally unwell mm. what were what were some of the things that you gleaned from those experiences that helps you now stay resilient Ah oh, man i think um do you know what i think i think learnings from that time is it's less it's less about resilience for me. I think, you know, I, I think what I learned, the biggest thing that I learned is that happiness is number one. Like, you know, um, no amount of money can, can give you happiness essentially. Right. So, um, yes, yes. Go and strive for those things and, and be comfortable and have your house and your car and all the things you want. But ultimately you can have all those things and still not be happy. And so, you know, I think for me, the biggest lesson was, was that, um, <clears throat> yeah. And I think, I think I learned that, uh, from a very young age and, you know, I see people around me who still, uh, they, they kind of put so much value on, on income or, or monetary gain, um, which is cool. Like, you know, that's essentially the world we live in. Um, I, I just personally learned from quite a young age that actually that, there, there is something more and um your, your health essentially is is very very important so um yeah I, I i feel like i've kind of flipped though as i've got older i've kind of thought well actually i'm i'm good like you know um now i'm gonna go go and do what everyone else has been doing for like the last 10 20 years or whatever like you know like yeah it's an interesting one so kingdom how have you cultivated resilience um you know i think I, I talked about it in the article i think essentially there's two things for me i think just experiencing hard times is one um and secondly reading so reading i think is really important not even reading traditionally like with a book turning the page like 
you know audiobooks and, and podcasts like this a great way to learn like you know um but yeah those are the two things i think reading and um yeah d definitely uh reading and going through go through hard times yeah, because it's I, like it's like i was thinking about this earlier it's like like a it's like a muscle right the more you the more you strengthen it the the stronger it gets and and uh, and i feel like this is kind of the same thing really yeah i i know you also spoke about rejection this idea of being rejected so many times mm. that it's forced you to become resilient because there's no other way but forward yeah exactly that i mean you know um the amount of times I've like had music and I've sent it out and not heard anything back and you know um and it's like time I'm actually completely immune to that now like completely immune it's like you know I I never expect a response on anything that I send anymore like you know the, the base level is like just do the work and, and put it out there and and um believe in yourself believe in what you're doing and um something will click like that, that's kind of my approach um i mean like you know this year it's funny because i've i've gone from a place of where i've had a lot of rejection to in a very short space of time and i think this is sort of comes with mastery of your craft but in it, it, it it's kind of flipped a little bit and actually a lot more opportunities are opening up people are getting in touch with me people are recognizing what i'm doing um and, and it's odd because you know and until sometimes until you get these kind of markers external markers um that's when people start looking at you and saying oh you know well what's he doing he's doing something good here like how, how has he done that or why has he done and it's like you know it was always there like you know maybe maybe you didn't see it or maybe you didn't believe like i did that that i have the ability to to go somewhere with this you know so what are your five steps someone can take to become resilient uh, so the five steps, uh, it's, I, t I alluded to this earlier. It's basically, you need to get knocked down and get back up again. It's that simple. So basically take the fall, tell yourself, I'm going to get up. I'm going to carry on. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get through this, uh, get up, learn the lessons and then repeat. <laughs> and the more you repeat, the stronger you'll get. <laughs> and then I, you had that a beautiful piece about developing that knowledge base, right? Because if you just constantly get knocked down and not learn something from it, then it's kind of a wasted lesson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you got knocked down, what do you want to get knocked down in the same way again? I wouldn't want to, um, <laughs> like learn, take what, what can you do differently? How can you approach that, that, that situation differently? Or, you know, what can you do to remove that, that negative energy or negative part of your life or whatever it is that's knocked you down? You know, how do you, how do you protect yourself from it essentially? Right. So I want to transition now into the brainstorming aspect, what I call brainstorming. Uh, and this idea, a question I asked about uh, a movement, and you mentioned something very sort of simple, but yet very hard for us as humans to do, which is mm. this idea of kindness. How has the idea of kindness been a factor in your own life? And how have you seen room for improvement? I would love to have a deep dive into that premise. Yeah. Um... This is something like, you know, that's kind of quite close to my heart. You know, I'm, I'm a kind of a, I'm a very warm person. I'm a kind of, I'm a, I'm generally like an open book. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, kindness is just a core trait that I have. Um, and I do try and surround myself with people who, who have that same trait, you know, um, it, it, it's just a, a part of who I am, you know, like, I just don't like people n not, not being good humans to, to one another. Right. Like, like what, why would you actively go out your way to, to, to hurt or harm someone? Like, you know, I mean, I use this in, as an example, but like, you know, I've been to restaurants and people are just really rude to the way it's just like, like, come on, man. Like, w why are you above this person because of how much money you earn or like because you're eating in the restaurant and they're serving your food? Like they're human beings, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, I, and, and actually <laughs> I, I've got quite vocal in these, I've had it a, a few, uh, like more than once uh, on occasions. And it's like, I've actually because it is a part of who I am and it's part of my core value set, I've had to just say something. Otherwise it would just like eat me up inside. It's like, you know, um, and then I feel like an idiot because I'm like, Oh, I shouldn't have said anything, you know, <laughs> like uh, it just would have like saved a whole load of awkwardness, but it's like, well, just, just, yeah, just be nice. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I think, um, kindness is really important, you know? Um, yeah. yeah if I I think for me, I've seen it that way as, as well. Like it's so simple mm. to do. And mm. I think especially being a coach, I know that it's because there's an imbalance somewhere within the person themselves. Like they themselves feel removed from that situation or removed from that person or, uh, and they see difference, right? Rather than seeing similarity. Um, exactly that. Yeah. What's interesting is that, so I just came back from South by Southwest. I covered the, the last four days. And NFTs and metaverse was so big there. And what I found very interesting is that I got invited to all these quote unquote activations and houses where I would experience these. And what I found very interesting is that the metaverse is a, it's a universe within itself, meaning there is that you could create anything you want from it. The idea of you as a human being and your ethnicity or your background or your, doesn't really come into play. You are exploring that universe new with, with fresh eyes. So I would love to, Maybe just talk about this idea of kindness within that, because I feel like there's rules within, because everyone doesn't really know what to do. Like they're sort of navigating or finding themselves. Um, I would love to sort of introduce that <laughs> idea into this conversation. Yeah, yeah. I think I think look, the the metaverse thing is like really interesting. Like you know, ascent like essentially you can kind of create your own universe and and kind of expand outwards from there i mean if you imagine like i mean not everyone really thinks of things or life in this way but uh, we're kind of going on a tangent here but this is like really interesting conversation right but um you know your the energy you emit actually has the ability to to go as far as you want it to go essentially right and and energy never dies it just it, it transforms or it gets absorbed and turned into something else it's like the sun goes into plants and humans and we use that energy and then it transforms into other things and the you know the plants we eat and the food we eat, it's all energy and and we use that and you know um yeah i think everyone should just build kindness into their universe like and into the metaverse like you know what why is it so difficult to do i, I understand like at times you you it's it, you, you you can't be kind because you know the world operates under a kind of a, a pretense of 
a lot of competition, right? Like wherever you go, there is competition everywhere. And so there are times where kindness doesn't work, but you know, like on a day-to-day -day basis, like, you know, there's no need to just be an idiot to random people. Just like, you know, that, 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 that thing in particular is something that really grates on me, but yeah. Yeah, it's also this factor of time, right? Usually people are rushed or feel like they're lacking in time. They tend to not be so kind. Uh, so I think yeah, and, and I think is to, is to take a pause. It's to really take a pause. I think so, yeah. And like one thing I've noticed is that it's always in the sort of the big cities where there's hustle and bustle. That's where you see more of this kind of negative like behavior, which I, like, I don't really like. But yeah, yeah it's like you, you see it in very large populated areas where there are lots of jobs and busyness and traffic and and all the rest of it you know like but yeah maybe because i live in swindon it's kind of you know it's a mid-sized town i have a different outlook maybe that's maybe i'm yeah the one who's wrong <laughs> <laughs> well kingdom thank you so much so where can my audience find out more about you and your work uh so you can find me on twitter instagram spotify youtube um most of my handles on socials are I am Kingdom, D-U-M-B, Kingdom, D-U-M-B. Um, but yeah, if you search Kingdom in Spotify or YouTube, you'll find me on there. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kingdom. This was really fascinating. Thank you so much. No worries, Savio. Thank you for having me. I really hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast episode of The Human Resolve. If you feel that others may enjoy this episode as well, please share socially at The Human Resolve. You can also visit my website, thehumanresolve.com, where I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions, a subscription to my weekly newsletter, where I probe into the secrets from living smarter to feeding your three brains, and my author website, isurvivedcancer.co, where you can purchase my number one best-selling book, I Survived Cancer and Here's How I Did It. 35 cancer survivors share their journey and view the book trailer, including excerpts from the book. If you could also help me out and give me a review and rating on this podcast platform, because I do care what you have to say, I would really appreciate it. Now, get out there, my friends, and get busy living.